create. He cannot do anything except for recreate. Yeah. See, he tried to recreate God's power. That's why he's called the Antichrist. See, so he can't do anything we don't allow him to do. So if we want to be bench warmers, we just got to think, I just want to be a bench warmer for God. No more, no less. Yeah. And the devil will somehow convince you that's all you have to do. Amen. 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 And the title of my message is going to sound contradictory. It's going to sound unorthodox. And for anybody who has graduated elementary, middle school, or high school, you're going to go, this makes no sense. Because when the Lord gave it to me, I went, that makes no sense. Hey, man, we can laugh about that, but as Christians, you know, the Lord deals with us sometimes like that. But my title of my message is simply outnumbered, outmanned, but not outmatched. Outnumbered, outmanned, but not outmatched. Now, anybody who knows anything about boxing knows there's an underdog. There always has to be an underdog. For Mike Tyson, it was Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas was the greatest underdog in sports history. Went on and knocked out Mike Tyson, the reigning world champion, because he didn't know what hit him. Literally, he didn't know what hit him. He did not know what Buster Douglas did to him until it was too late. Well, sometimes the enemy wants to lax us thinking, you are outmanned. You are outnumbered. You cannot win this battle. You cannot win this victory. Your loved one is too far gone. You are too far in sin. You are too far in debt to me. But you're not outmatched. See, anybody who's been in the military, there are some people who have been in the military in here, and we thank you for your service. But there comes a point where your leaders in the military say, we're going to send you into battle, but you're going to die. There is no way you will win. You are too far upside down. See, in the world we have loans, right? You try to trade cars and you can't trade a car and if your loan's upside down. Meaning you owe more on the car than the car's worth. Right? We we laugh at that. But the devil will try to convince you that in your Christian walk. You are or in life in general, not even just in your Christian walk. You've done so much, God can never deliver you from that. Your loved one has gone so far. That I, you, God cannot reach them. Come on. The devil will try to sit there and convince us as Christians, you are outmanned, you are outnumbered, there's more of me than there are of you. Wherever you go, I am there. Right? He, the Bible says he's the prince of this world. Meaning wherever we go out there, the devil's out there. Amen. But guess what? Wherever we go, God is out there because we live inside of us. Amen? So this is going to be a familiar scripture. We all know the passage. We're going to start in Judges chapter 7, verse 1. It says, Then Jeroboam, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them, by the hill of Moriah in the valley. Brother Al, would you pray over this message? Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we ask you, Lord, for that anointing, Lord God, that breaks the yoke. We ask you, Lord God, to give his ears to hear and a heart to receive. We ask you to bless the man of God as he ministers the word of God this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we have all heard the story of Gideon at one point in our life. Whether that's in Sunday school, we've heard the sword of the Lord at Gideon. We've heard many messages on the story of Gideon. So when the Lord gave me this message, outnumbered, outmanned, but not outmatched, I went now. Okay, that makes sense. 
but it doesn't make sense. How many times in life have we faced a situation where God starts working in it, and we go, okay, God, you're God, so that makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Amen. I think we've all been there in a time of our life where we've gotten ourselves in a situation or face a battle or face a test or trial where we go, I know God can deliver me, but I don't know how God can deliver me. Yeah. Right? I think we've all been there at times, and Gideon was just like anybody else. Right? If you read the story, the children of Israel have been captive to the Midianites because, like Sister Regina said, the Israel, earlier the Israelites kept getting themselves into trouble. So God sent the Midianites, and the Midianites conquered them. But enough was enough. God said, okay, now you learned your lesson. I'm going to deliver you. And Gideon was nothing special. He was just an ordinary man just like you and me. He was nothing special except for he was listening to God. See, sometimes in this life, the devil will try to convince you you're not special. You have no purpose. You will not accomplish anything in your life. In the world's eyes, we call that self-esteem. Yeah. I think at some point in life, every single human on the face of the earth has battled one fight, whether they want to admit it or not, and that's either high or low self-esteem. Either you're too prideful for your own good, or sometimes you're so humble you count yourself out before the battle even starts. Come on. Come on. And see, the devil wants you to be on that spectrum. Amen. He wants you to be so he wants you to be so prideful that you say, "Oh, I don't need God." And I, I think if we've been in this Christian walk long enough where we've heard people say, yeah. I don't need the Lord. I got this. We, I've been guilty of it in my own battles thinking, okay, God, I got this. Come on. But see, that's what the devil wants you to do. Amen. He wants you to have that. Yeah. So Gideon was nothing, nothing extraordinary. He was just a simple man. But he listened to the voice of God. Amen. And it said, and the Lord said unto Gideon, and this is after, you know, he had already laid out the fleece. You know, he doubted God. Saying, okay, God, if this is you, do this. Yeah. We have all been there at a time in our life in our Christian walk where we say, okay, God, if this is you, show me a sign. Yeah. Right? If this is you, I need you to show me only the way you can do that this is the road I need to go down. And just like Gideon prayed, God answered exactly like he did. So here we are after God had done that. Gideon said, okay, you know what? God wants me to do this. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. And it says, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many to give the Midianites into your hand, into their hands. Let Israel vaunt themselves against me, or lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand hath saved me. And Brother Allah, I had to stop at that scripture for a second because, you know, anybody who's been in the military knows it's not smart to go into battle into a battle outnumbered or outmanned or outmatched. That is life. But there will be times where we think we are outmanned, outnumbered, and outmatched. But in all actuality, it's nowhere near. Amen. So if you keep reading, it says in the third verse, Now therefore go proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people 22,000, and there remained 10,000. So right here, we basic math, 22 plus 10 is 32. Right? So Gideon only had 32,000 men to take in this battle and defeat an entire army. Now that sounds like a lot until you see who in the previous chapters who comprised of the Midianites. There are multiple nations that came against Israel to join the Midianites to conquer them. And they did so. And 
many times in this life we go, oh, there are not that many Christians that believe like me. Amen. I've been guilty of it. We say, oh, Lord, you know, woe is me. I'm all by myself. There's not very many people living like me. And guess what? The devil's doing exactly what he wanted to do. He's trying to make he's making you think you are outman, outnumbered, and outmatched. Amen. Amen. And I, you know, and I get tickled because Gideon probably was thinking, "Okay, Lord, you start, I only started off with thirty-two. Now I'm down to ten. Yeah. But nonetheless, he believed God was going to do what He did, or because Amen. he believed God. Yeah. Amen. And in times in our life, we're going to look at situations, and they are going to seem so mountainous that there's no way we're going to overcome. That's our human nature. And it says, And the Lord said unto Gideon in the fourth verse, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the waters, and I will try them for, th for thee. Or for thee. There it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, and the same shall go with thee. And of whoever, who, whomsoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. And he brought down the people under the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as the dog lappeth, him shalt thou set, the, set by himself. Likewise, every other that boweth down upon his knee to drink. And the number of them that left, putting their hands to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into the hands, and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. So that the people took visuals in their hands and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man unto his tent, and retained those three hundred men, and the host of the Midianites was beneath him in the valley. So as you read, Gideon started off with 32,000, then went down to 10,000, now he's down to 300. It doesn't take a mathematician to figure out the odds we're stacked against him. Mm -hmm. See, in this life, we will start off with Christians walking side by side with us. And something happens along the way. Sometimes God calls them home, and sometimes God carries them on, but then there's some that fall by the wayside. And Brother Al, when the Lord gave me that, I was, it, it was harsh reality. Because I would like to think everybody that started the journey with me yeah. is going to end the journey with me. But I have friends that started this race with me just some 12 years ago when I got saved. And 12 years later, I can count on one hand how many of us there still are. Amen. And Brother Al, when the Lord gave me that, all of a sudden I started realizing sometimes God has to let some people go for the purpose to be accomplished. Not because God doesn't love them, not because God doesn't want them to get to heaven. But because sometimes God wants to show you that the impossible is still possible. See, God already said in the verse, He said, I want them to know God delivered you, not you. Yeah. Lest you should be boastful. So He said, you know what? Automatically the 32,000 was going to be too much. And now, I ran the numbers, and if you read over in the Judges, the 8th chapter, and the 10th verse, yeah. it says, Now Zeba and Zalmanah were in and the host with them, about 15,000 men, all that were left of the host of the children of the east. For there fell 120,000 men that drew sword. 
So at the end of the battle, it gives account for how many that we're actually going up against. So all of a sudden, 120,000 was what died, what God delivered them through that night. But there were still 15,000 that made it back to where they were supposed to be. So Gideon was going up against a force of 135,000 men. So anybody who can run numbers says, okay, Gideon, I have 300 men, and I'm going up against 135,000 men. And I'm, I'm big on statistics. I love, you know, that's the business major in me. So I ran the numbers, Brother Al. It was 450 to 1 odds. Come on. 450 to 1 odds. Come on. Meaning for every one man Israel had, the Midianites had 450 more. Come on. See, the problem is the numerical number looked too great. And Gideon was a smart man, so he probably did the math was saying, okay, God, I'm going to sit here and figure this out. Oh, no. Right? That's the first thing. All you would have to do, you wouldn't have to even count the numbers. You could see I have 300 tents, and I cannot stop seeing their, their tents. Their tents stretch an entire valley. Mine sits on top of a mountaintop. So it didn't take a rocket science to figure out, oh no, this is, this is just going to be the Lord. But see, sometimes in this life, the enemy will say, you have 450 demons versus one Christian. See, the problem is with this world is we put too much focus on the negative and not the good. See, you know that in the New Testament it says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, I'm a child of a God. I'm a child of the Most High God. It doesn't matter what comes against me. The battle may look bad, Brother Al. The battle may look rough and my fellow soldiers may be falling beside the wayside. Christians that have started this race with us may be going on to be with the Lord. Or they may be falling away or not believing what they used to be. And the enemy wants you to think, church, that no matter what's going on, you are out, you are, you are becoming outmanned. You are becoming outnumbered, but you are becoming outmatched. See, all of a sudden, the devil, the devil likes to play psychological games. Psychological, if you ask any military man, psychological warfare is the single greatest thing to affect men. Morale is everything. You take away a man's morale, you take away his very essence to fight. You see, Hitler did that to the Jews. He took away their, their Bibles, every textbook they had, everything they knew. So he took away their very sense of morale. And he enslaved them, imprisoned them. We see the enemy wants to do that to you. The enemy wants to get you in the mindset of looking at the numbers, not looking at God. Amen. And see, what the problem is... Is the enemy already knows his end. Come on. That's right. The devil already knows what's going to happen to him. So it's his simple job to take as many of us Christians to hell with him. Come on. In battle, if you cannot win, brother, you can ask Brother Al or Brother Bill, there's something called prisoners of war. Where even if you lose, you're still a prisoner. Even if you win, you're still a prisoner. If your occupying force wins, so the United States has won every single battle they have faced. But if there's prisoners of war, even if the enemy loses, the United States still has to negotiate with them to get back their prisoners of war. Because you are held captive to them and they own you. See, the devil wants you to think that he owns you. He wants you to think that the odds are too stacked against you and that the Lord cannot deliver you. He wants you to get that mentality of outman. 
outnumbered and outmatched. And sadly, Brother Al, as I, the Lord began giving me this message, COVID is a real thing. COVID is a real disease. I had it. It was the worst sickness that I had. I don't wish upon my worst enemy. Amen. But because of it, the church is slowly taking on the mentality of we are outmanned. We are outnumbered. See, all of a sudden, I remember a time when Brother Alice Trapala can tell, and they still can tell stories, of men and women of faith that said, you know what? Against all odds, we are going to stand against it. I heard a minister one time by the name of Brother Urshon talk about his grandfather. And he was held in front of a Russian firing squad because he was preaching the message of Jesus Christ in a, in a communist country. He stood against all odds. He had a wife and young children at home. And the interpreter said, all they're saying is you just got to renounce God and never come back to Russia and you can go home. You were outmanned. It was a 10-man firing squad versus one. So it was 10 versus one. You were outmanned. You were outnumbered. You were outmatched. So the Russians gave Brother Ershon one last thing he could do before facing the firing squad. Yeah. And he prayed. That's all he knew what to do. See, sometimes in this life, all we know what to do in our situation is just pray. Oh, yeah. All we know what to do is say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. See, Gideon all of a sudden kind of realized, okay, God, I don't see it. I don't understand it. I can't quantify it. But you're just going to have to do And all of a sudden, Brother Urshan looked at the interpreter. Brother Urshan could not speak Russian, but the interpreter could. And Brother Urshan began to pray. And then all of a sudden, something happened. He opened his eyes, and every single Russian man that had the gun pointed at him had the guns on the ground, and they were running away. And he looked at the interpreter who had tears in his eyes and said, and the interpreter looked at the Brother Urshan and said, Brother, I did not know you could speak Russian, so why do you need me? And Brother Urshan said, Brother, I don't speak Russian. I've never been outside the United States day in my life. He said, well, guess what? In Russia, in Russia, you just told them if they came against the man of God, all of a sudden the holy host of God was going to be right there to fight them and defeat them. See, all of a sudden, the enemy all of a sudden realized, oh, no, I cannot stop a child of God. See, if we realize what our true potential is with a child of God, there ain't no demon in hell. There ain't no devil in hell that can stop us. So why are we having the mentality of outmanned, outmatched, and outnumbered? And Brother Al, when the Lord gave me this message, he took me behind the woodshed. Because I've been guilty of it. Situations arise in your life and you go, I don't know how God can do this one more time. I've been there. If you ask Brother Al, the doctor said you were terminal. Doctor said you were outmanned. There's been too many people who come before you who had the same disease that died. You were outnumbered. You only have X amount of days to live. And you are outmatched. There's no modern medicine that can save you. That's what the enemy told Brother Alice Chapala when he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. When Brother Steve had his last open heart surgery, the doctor said, you have a, if I'm not mistaken, a, what is it, 5% chance? He didn't say percent. He didn't say percent. He said, but go get your affairs in order. Yes. Basically saying, you're outmanned, you're outnumbered, and you're outmatched. There is no knowledge known to mankind that you are going to survive this. Yeah. Then they did something else. See, in our Christian faith, it all starts and revolves around one thing. Prayer. When you've done all you can do to do, the Bible simply says stand. When I don't know what to say, 
All I could do was just say, Lord, here I am. See, there are situations in our life that naturally we should not overcome. Brother Al, naturally you should not have overcome cancer. You should have died at the age of 24. Amen. Brother Steve, naturally you should not have come out of your fourth open heart surgery. You should have died on that operation. Come on. Come on. The devil tried to tell us that you, they were outmanned, outnumbered, and outmatched. But see, something happened. We started praying, and all of a sudden, God started moving. See, the odds may be 450 versus 1, but who is that one? There's only one Lord. There's only one God. There's only one name where you might be saved. So guess what? That one matters. There's a way you can walk in this life where it can be just you, yourself, and I as that one. Where when you come against your enemy, where it's 450 versus 1, it is just you and you alone. You can do that because we can reject God and go down paths that we should have no business going down. Or if you want to walk the Christian life and keep the Christian faith and do what the Bible says, that one who's fighting that battle is God. And then all of a sudden, the 450 versus 1 odds become lopsided for the 450. Amen. Oh, yeah. And you know, the thing is, the enemy knows his end, church. He wants to try to take you and convince you that you cannot make it. See, in the 14th verse, it says, And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon and the son, sword of Gideon, the son of Joseph, a man of Israel, for into his hands hath God delivered me and all the host. So right here, I don't know why many, the Midianites even stayed. Because if, if you read it, two soldiers were up, one had a dream, and the other one interpreted it. Now, here are two rank sinners who are on the wrong side of the war. They're on the wrong side of the battle, and Gideon has some fear and doubt about it. He's looking at the numbers going, okay, 450 to 1. God, I know you did this with the fleece, but you just want to have to help me out here. I don't understand why you would do this. See, I love the, the largest lopsided battle of history that I could find where somebody won was 66 to 1 odds. And that was only because it was boats versus men. They had two boats versus 10,000 men, and they had cannons. That's how it was <coughs> 66 to 1 is all I could find that the underdog became the victorious. And all of a sudden, here is something that's 450 to 1. In fact, I looked it up. They don't even consider this a battle. In modern war, you can look up statistics. They don't even consider this a battle because there was no fighting between the two sides. One side destroyed itself. Itself imploded. Never before has that been done in battle. If you look at war and battles, there's always been fighting between two sides. Men have lived and men have died on both sides. But this is the only recorded battle in history that I could find where there was no sword picked up, there were no shots fired, the enemy just simply destroyed itself. But Israel also accomplished this feat in the seven-day war. They never fired a shot. So all of a sudden, Israel has a pattern. See, they're, they were called by God. They're children of God. So guess what? God fought those battles for them. 
See, the odds were stacked against Israel and Gideon, and they were stacked against Israel in the seven-day war. Israel's seven-day war, they were surrounded on all sides. They had no way out. They were outnumbered, outmanned, and outmatched. Most of Israel's defense forces at the time were taxi drivers. Yeah. <laughs> they were reservists because Israel had no need for an army. They had never been in a battle up to that point in modern time. But if, as you read, something miraculous happens. So right there, the enemy should have realized, I am outmanned. I am outmatched. If I was the two soldiers and the Lord gave me a dream saying, you are about to all be beaten and conquered by a smaller opposing force, I think I would go find my commanding officer and tell them, I don't think we need to do this. If you ask a military man, if you know for a fact the enemy's waiting in an ambush for you, you are not going to blindly walk into the ambush. You're going to go, okay, let me step back a minute, see how they figure this out, and let me wait. But it says, and it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped and returned unto the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered yeah. Midian, or hath delivered into your hands the host of the Midian. And he divided the three hundred men into three companies. He put a trumpet in every man's hand with, with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow the trumpet and all that were with me, then blow the ye the trumpet also on every side of all the camp. And, and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now right here, Gideon could have simply said, and the sword of Gideon and of the Lord. He could have simply reversed those words, Brother Al. But he realized, if I don't put God first, I will never win this battle. See, he had already heard the dream of Midianites. And all the Midianites knew is Gideon was back to come in wool. There were two men in the entire army that knew Gideon was back to come do the impossible. They didn't understand it, and they went back to sleep. If I had information that somebody was going to walk into this church and try to rob it, I promise you, I would not sleep. I would not move from this very spot until they come in, and I won't be sitting there waiting on them, Brother Al. Well, you would not knowingly let a thief walk into your house. If you knew a thief was going to rob the house, you would call the police. You would call whoever you needed to do and say, okay, they're going to be here at this time on this day. You better be here. And that's that. But see, God knows exactly what to say to Christians and who to use. See, God can use the enemy to minister to you. You say, well, God, I don't know how you can move in my situation. Well, right here, God used too many not to arrange sinners who believed nothing like the Israelites to encourage Gideon. Yeah. Now, and, and we still want to sit there and say, well, God, I really don't know how you're going to save my loved one. I really don't know how you're going to deliver me from this temptation. Or, Lord, I really don't know how you're going to deliver me from my circumstance. But yet God's sitting there saying, well, I just used the enemy to talk to you, so why don't you listen? Right, we've all been there where we pray, Lord, give me a sign. God gives you a sign. Yeah. And, you know, I get tickled because I'm the most stubborn person in the world. You can ask my parents. I'm very stubborn and hard-headed. Just who I am. And I know God has to get tickled with me at times because I'll pray for a sign and God will give me a sign. And I've been guilty of just walk, just driving right past that sign. <laughs> Metaphorically, right? Just walking right on past the sign and God has to be saying, there's your sign. Yeah. 
You just asked for your sign. There it was, and you just walked right past it. Yeah. See, if we're not careful, we will walk right past our blessing and the sign that God gives us. And you're going to be victorious. And we will still be walking in the valley going, oh no, woe is me. I'm outmanned, outmatched, outnumbered. I'm just going to die. Here. See, something happened. I got tickled when Sister Regina and then talking about the Valley of the Bones. Because Valley of the Bones, you look at it, it's dead. There's nothing there. It's dry and it's gloomy. How many have ever walked into a cemetery? Yes. Yeah. It's dry, gloomy, and dark. Amen. You think, I'm outnumbered by the dead here. I am outmatched. You know, what can I do? See, sometimes the enemy wants to get you in that valley of despair where you think, I am outmanned, outmatched. I will not be able to go through. I will not be able to come out on the other side. But see, if you look at it, the darkest time in the night is right before morning. It is a known fact you can go outside at 530 in the morning and it will be the darkest you will ever see it. But then something happens. The sun will come out. The sun will still rise. There might be some clouds blocking it at first, but still, the sun's still going to come through. See, all of a sudden, the enemy wants you to say, I'm outman, outmatched, outnumbered. This is just going nowhere. Amen. But there's still a way. Amen. Amen. And if you keep reading, it says and in the 20th verse, and the three companies blew the trumpets and the break and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right. And trumpets in the right hands, to blow with all. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all of the host ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, yeah. even throughout all the host. And the host fled to Bethshite and Zurah, and to the borders of Abelbon and to, unto Tatha. Right? That's some big words, but you know, basically what it's saying is all of a sudden they cry to God. Yeah. See, something happens as Christians when we're in our valley when we think we are outmanned, outmatched, and outnumbered. See, the men there had to see the exact same thing Gideon saw of the numerical odds 450 against one. Let's be honest, we're human. No, we walk in the spirit, but we war against our flesh constantly. Right? We believe God can do anything, but we sometimes let our flesh go, well, science says we cannot do that. Or science says they should die, but our faith says God can do it. Right? So you know they had to be warring back and forth saying, okay, it's 450 versus 1. I don't know how this is going to happen. And then they cried unto God saying, the Lord, or the sword of the Lord, end of game. See, in life, we will face mountains and valleys that we cannot get out of. We cannot get out of. See, if they went with just the sword of Gideon, I truly believe they would not have won. Because they would have been going in a man's name and not God's name. See, sometimes God allows, allows certain things to arise in our life. Where God just wants to show us He's still God. Amen. And see, if you read the scripture... Again, it was 135,000 versus 300. And I'm not going to be much longer. And the odds were stacked against them, Brother Al. They never should have done it. They were outmanned, 
outnumbered. And truly, man-wise, humanly-wise, they were outmatched. There's no humanly possible way one man can overpower 450 men by himself. And the enemy will want you to look at those odds. See, we have, had seen, we have seen churches close and shut their door in the last year and a half like never before. Amen. We have seen ministers that we, that we cherished and knew gone on to be with the Lord. And Brother Al, I have thought, Lord, if so-and-so gave up the fight, how can I have made it? Yeah. Yes. I've been guilty of that. I think we all have. Amen. I've said, if so-and-so fell by the wayside, they were once a champion for God. How can I do that? I must be outmanned, outnumbered, and outmatched. See, if you look at throughout time in the Bible, there are situations where when God moved and did his greatest work, it was in the impossible situation. Amen. Lazarus was dead for three days. God raised him. Come on. That's right. Sister Regina, you were crippled. <coughs> and God, in one service, In the Old Testament, Elisha had this exact same problem. He went to the mountain, cried unto God, saying, I am yet the only one left. Yeah. He, he said that to the Lord. Amen. And God, paraphrasing, but reached out and said, You know what? No, you're not the only one left. I still have 6,000 who have not bowed. See, all of a sudden, see, somewhere God has a reserve and a remnant that's waiting for the right time. Yeah. See, just when I think, well, I don't know, you know, we're a small church, right? I thought that. And, you know, growing up, growing up, you know, there wasn't a lot of youth in our youth group growing up. A lot of times it was just Brother Matt and I. Come on. And you can ask Brother Al, anybody who's been in the church around here long enough, there are many times where it's just Brother Matt and I. And you can ask Brother Matt, we looked at each other and asked, we're outnumbered. Come on. We're outmatched. Are there any other youth that want to serve? And Brother Al, the Lord gave me this message sitting in the middle of Mid-America just a few weeks ago. And there were over 3,000 young people that believed just like me, that walked just like me, that talked just like me. And God reminded me, there is still a remnant. You may think you are out there and you may think you are outnumbered, but I promise you, you're not out there. control of the way we view things, the glass half full or half empty, Hallelujah. the devil will still control how Amen. we think. The devil can't control how we think, we just allow him to. Yeah. We, allow, we, we think we are outmanned. We think we are outmatched. And sometimes we think we are outnumbered. But church, I'm here today to tell you, just because the enemy tries to convince you you are outmanned, outmatched, and outnumbered, you are not. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, I'm going through. I love that song because it says, I don't care what the rest of the world decides to do. I've made up my mind. I'm not going to turn around. Amen. I'm walking with Jesus and I'm going through. See, sometimes when the odds look like they're stacked against you, 
You just have to simply say, you know what? I'm going through. I talk to Brother Billy and sometimes infantry is outnumbered and they just have to have a force to movement contact where they just push through at all costs. Church, you may have started this walk with some people today being fallen by the wayside. You may think I'm outnumbered or I am outmatched. I don't know what situation you're facing in life. You may say, well, that loved one, Brother Jacob, is too far gone. They can't be saved. You say, well, my child has gone astray. I don't know how they're ever going to come back to church. You may say, well, the odds against them are stacked. They are facing certain situations in life that no man has ever come out of before. But church, this church, if anything I've learned about our church, is when the world says we are outnumbered and outmatched, are outnumbered and outmanned, we are not outmatched. See, there's a sitting miracle right here that should be dead. There's a sitting miracle right here that should not be walking. There's a sitting miracle right there on the bench that says, you know what, I should be sitting, but I still can't. There's another miracle right there that says, you know what, I should be dead on the operating table, but I'm still here. Brother Matt should even be born. He should have died right at birth. But God said, you know what, the world says the odds may have been stacked against you. The odds may be outnumbering you, but guess what, I'm that one. See, in the children of Israel, in life, they have faced a lot of things. But the only way they've been delivered out of all of them is when they put God first. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had the odds stacked against them. They said, if you do not bow, you will die. If you do not worship, you will die. If you do not do what we say you do, you will die. That's a pretty dire circumstance. In the way you look at it, they were going to die. But there was one that came in that fire. Yeah. That fought that battle for them. Amen. See, they could have tried to fight it on their own, just like Gideon. Gideon could have tried to fight that battle on his own, and he would have lost. Yes. Church, we can try to fight battles in our life on our own. But eventually, we're probably going to lose. Yeah, right. You can try to face every demon in hell, but eventually, you're going to grow weary. Yeah. But see, the scripture says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, when all of a sudden, when you let God be that one, God will fix it where you never even have to pick up a sword. Amen. All you have to do is just pray. Amen. See, they never had to pick up a sword and fight the enemy. God took care of the war. And the enemy ran away. See, if we allow God to fight our battles, church, we, the enemy may say you're outmanned and you're outnumbered. But if you truly allow God to fight it, you'll never be outmatched. Amen. The enemy's a liar. He will try to play a psychological warfare on you greater than nothing you've ever seen. I faced them. I faced oppression. I faced loneliness. I faced self-esteem. I faced them all, Brother Al. Every psychological trick, you're nobody. You're right. I am a nobody. But I'm God's somebody. See, I'm somebody enough that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, came down from heaven to die for me. So if he came down to die for me, why would I not let him fight my battles for me? Amen. Amen. So church, if I can leave you with anything today, you may be out, the world may be telling you your situation is outmanned and outnumbered. And there's no way you're going to walk through or come on the other side. But let me tell you something today, church. You are not outmatched. Because greater seed is in you than he than in the world. So if we can ever grab a hold of that power, there's nothing that God cannot do for us. Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise.
Oh, 